LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. All right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar. We're going to be talking about a little political stuff here today, which I don't tend to do a lot of. Um, but today's going to be much about this debt bill that the GOP passed in the House. No idea if it has any prayer of passing in the Senate. Uh, no idea if uh, Biden will you know, sign it into law at some point. I mean, they always put up a good fight on TV, right? Um, but this is really cruel. I mean, when you hear this stuff, it's like, it's not a matter of whether Democrats are better or worse than Republicans, because they both are just horrific. They're, they're terrible people, terrible ideas, terrible belief system, neoliberal disgraces, disgusting in every possible way, uh, unworthy of any good thing. You look at them, it's to hate. There's nothing good about them. Just let me be blunt, right? I mean, seriously. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about me and you. I'm worried about our survival, okay? So their feelings about my assessment of their party or of their live, you know, viability as candidates or anything else, I don't give a shit. I'm not thinking about it like, oh, dem exit or oh, dem enter. I'm thinking of it like you're just a trash, economically illiterate pile of shit destroying society one person at a time. You may not feel that way. I believe if you stick around long enough, you're going to start seeing what I'm talking about. So for everybody that's here, let me thank you all for joining. Um, let me just say this, because I'm going to be really pissed off if I see anybody throw any plus third-party shit at me during this. Warning you, don't. There's no third parties that are economically literate out there. Every single one of the third parties is dumb and dumber, just like the Republicans and the Democrats. The only difference is they have no power. They have no real chance of taking power. So you wonder why third parties don't make it an absolute necessity. You get the economics right, but alas, they can't be bothered to do that either. So you are trapped with Republican idiocy, Democrat idiocy, Green Party idiocy, Libertarian idiocy, you name it. I don't care if they're your friends. I don't care if you like them. I don't care about any of your feelings about them. Whether they're innocent and stupid and they're just doing dumb things, I don't care. All I care about is the people that suffer from their decisions. I don't care whether they're innocent, they made a mistake that they didn't quite understand because we've been belly aching and yelling and screaming and putting it in front of folks' faces for damn near 10 years and longer than that for many. And they still recalcitrantly refuse to learn. Recalcitrant, absolute ridiculous recalcitrance and unwillingness to even consider the idiocy of their ways, people that you know and love continuously pushing the taxpayer narrative from Nina Turner to every single one of the Democrats to even our lefty friends. And I'm not going to mention their names. It's the lone bit of protection I'm going to give them. But I'm going to talk about them. And if they feel convicted by what I say, that's probably about you or them. 
okay? If you fit the mold, own it. Put that shit on, make it a shoe, put it on, own it. It's yours, okay? There is no excuse. Now, there's plenty of excuses for not knowing the deeper nuances of economics. It's a tough subject. If you wanted to learn it, you'd have gone to school, okay? But to be an effective citizen, to be able to effectively fight back, you must understand the system. You cannot ignore the system. And I see people, well, I just, economics just isn't my thing. And like, I'm totally doing my show and I'm totally not going to talk about economics because totally like, I, it's just not important to me. Right? That is what we're stuck with. Or worse, we've got the people in bold print. Petrodollar, blah, blah, blah. So you never have any means of really rallying people around the real issues that we could solve. And I say we could solve. We can't really vote our way there. So it's not like the candidate that you think is going to do this stuff is going to really do it for you. You're going to have to do something to make them hear your voice. And that something isn't going to the ballot box, casting a vote, going home and watching Rachel Maddow, or worse, friends of ours in the lefty space screaming about the end of the dollar. You're not getting the truth. And I'm going to start and tell you how bad it is when you look at what McCarthy is pushing forward and these people are ignoring it because they're not ignoring it because they are too cool for it. They're ignoring it because they don't understand it. And because they don't understand it, they don't want to let anyone else know they don't understand it. So they ignore it. It's, it's a self-preservation thing. It's not a matter of, it's not an important topic. It's a topic they don't know about. And they're too fucking full of cup. Their egos are too massive to accept that they don't understand. And so they don't ask people. They freaking go out and they put shit out in the world without fact checking, without understanding it. And voila, so many people listen to it and then they repeat that shit on and on and on. And if you think that helps us, you're crazy. You're fucking nuts. So we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna read what's in the GOP bill. Let me tell you folks, it is ugly. It is very ugly. But the reason why this is super bad, you expect the GOP to do GOP things, right? Sadly, there's still idiots out there that believe the Democrats are the good guys and they're going to do good things. They don't know. So we're going to look first at what the idiot Republicans are putting forward. And then we're going to listen to some of the idiot Democrats that have big voices that are out there. We're going to listen to their comments. And you're going to see that we don't have any allies. And if you think the Republicans are your ally because they own shit libs, you're a bigger dumb fuck than anyone else. Okay, period. So let's go ahead and show this real quickly. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not in the business of pulling punches, as you guys well know. Let's just be fair. You well know that I'm not going to sit there and pull punches. It's just not going to happen. This is in PBS. It's as good as any, right? They all suck. But this one right here, April 28th, or excuse me, April 26th, that was two days ago. And this is the GOP debt limit. As Washington House Republicans are trying to exact a price from Democrats for agreeing to increase the nation's borrowing authority and prevent the government from defaulting on the obligations it's already accrued over decades. They're arguing for their priorities and going after Joe Biden in a separate bill that passed the chamber on Wednesday. The legislation in question has virtually no chance of becoming law. But Republicans hope the bill's passage will force Biden to the negotiating table. 
where they could seek concessions in return for lifting the nation's borrowing authority and ensuring the U.S. Treasury can fully pay a bill. He either has to negotiate now or we're the only ones that have raised the debt limit, McCarthy said after the vote. A look at key aspects of the legislation that the House approved by a vote of 217 to 250. Limit federal spending. The bill would set federal discretionary spending at $1.47 trillion during the next fiscal year and allow it to increase only 1% annually from there, far below the rate of inflation in most years. Cap on spending is a big ticket item in the bill, accounting for two-thirds of the $4.8 trillion in deficit reduction that the Congressional Budget Office says would occur over 10 years if the bill is enacted. Discretionary spending includes things like weapons programs, service member pay, grants for schools that serve large shares of low-income students, rental assistance to house millions of poor and disabled, and money to fund research on cancer and other life-threatening diseases. It's the spending that Congress approves through its appropriation bills. The House GOP bill doesn't affect spending on Social Security and Medicare. No kidding. That spending referred to as mandatory accounts for about two-thirds of all federal spending. Clawback COVID money. The bill would rescind all unobligated COVID relief money from six bills enacted from 2020 to 2022. Changes would reduce spending by about $30 billion over the next decade, according to the CBO. That's less than 1% of the total cost of these six bills. Target the IRS. House Republicans began their tenure in the majority by passing a bill that would rescind nearly $71 billion that Congress is providing the IRS to upgrade its technology and boost hiring. They have included the same proposal in their debt limit bill. Democrats approve the higher IRS funding on top of what Congress normally provides the agency annually through the appropriations process. The boost immediately became a magnet for GOP campaign ads in the fall, claiming it would lead to an army of IRS agents harassing Americans. You know what? I'm sympathetic to this, folks. The CBO has said that rescinding the IRS money would actually increase deficits by about $120 billion over the coming decade due to the impact on the agency's work. But McCarthy said the step is needed to protect families and business from weaponized IRS. You know what? I, I, you know, there's some things that they say, and this is why they still exist, because sometimes they say things that have an ounce of truth to it. Listen to this. Block student debt relief. Republican bill would repeal actions taken by President Biden to waive 10,000 to 20,000 debt for nearly all borrowers who took out student loans. The bill would also prohibit the administration's effort to cut monthly payments in half for undergraduate loans. The CBO projects that the student loan changes House Republicans seek would save about 460 billion over 10 years. Republicans argue that Biden is unfairly transferring the obligation. This is hilarious, okay? Republicans argue that Biden is unfairly transferring the obligations of people who incurred student debts onto millions of American taxpayers. Jesus fucking H Christ, taxpayers who did not go to college or who already paid off their student loans. And they say the policy will do nothing to curb the soaring tuition rates at colleges and universities. And I'll see this. This is a true statement. It will do nothing to curb that. But I'm not sure why it matters. We need to do something because what's happening is instead of providing education, they're providing all these university benefits for rich people. Okay. 
poor communities. They're literally balkaned off with walled off, you know, areas for these universities to live La Vida Loco. Think about big time universities like Columbia and, uh, you know, all, uh, all the poor communities that have very, very nice uh, universities in their community, but none of the poor people get to enjoy them. Trust me. If you want to know more about that, take a look at DeVary and Baldwin's work. Anyway, Biden has said that the student loan forgiveness would give millions of younger Americans a little breathing room financially. It would improve their ability to plow their resources into a house, a car, or just basic essentials, which helps power the economy. Very true. Nearly 90% of the debt cancellation would go to borrowers who earn less than 75000 Going after renewables. Republicans are seeking to repeal most of the tax breaks the Democrats passed in party line votes last year as they sought to boost the production and consumption of clean energy. What the fuck is the reason why a Republican would want to block that? I don't understand. McCarthy argues that the tax breaks distort the market and waste taxpayer money. Do you realize this is repeated over and over throughout this? Okay. Over and over, this is repeated. I want to say this. For folks that aren't realizing how fucking important it is not to say these stupid things let me introduce you to a little person her name is alexandria acacia cortez and i want you to hear i want you to hear what she says and i want you to recognize how horrible it is listen here we go several years ago we warned during the trump tax cuts that this dramatic decrease in revenue would explode the nation's debt and we heard from the republican side no let us write off our yachts yet let us write off our private jets and we said that this decrease in revenue would explode our and and explode our, our national debt but instead now of realizing the error of our ways and reversing these tax cuts for the wealthy, we are now seeing the Republican side promote a, a bill that cuts student loan cancellation, veterans health care, cancer research, opioid treatment, meals on wheels, and more. So just think about that, right? AOC is out there talking about exploding our national debt. I understand why. She's playing off of the Republicans. She's trying to use the Republican line. But what she's doing is she's keeping the myth alive instead of really killing it dead. She's really, really helping the other side without even realizing it. It's like a self-own. And it's standard fare for the Democratic Party. Let's listen to Katie Porter screw it up all together as well. So you understand that as we're talking about fighting the Republicans, this is the people coming to do the battle the debt ceiling and our future spending are two totally different things. Raising the debt ceiling is about deciding to pay off the bills that we have already incurred. It's about past spending. And the budget negotiations about the future are about what we're going to do tomorrow. So think about it this way. It's like someone said, um, if you, this is what Kevin McCarthy is basically saying. He's saying, if you don't agree to live on half the food that you ate last year will also stop paying your mortgage and you'll be foreclosed on all you're going to wind up then is both hungry and homeless and that's really what he's trying to do with this is hijack our basic fiscal responsibilities in order to hold all americans hostage to produce his draconian spending cuts this whole fiscal responsibilities thing right so much of what she said is right and this is the problem She's very correct in saying that the debt limit is about basically relitigating existing expenditures that we've already committed to. 
while simultaneously saying we're going to hijack the future to make the past take care of itself. She's right on that as well. But where she starts breaking into the fiscal responsibility, it's one more thing tipping in, playing into the common narrative. Folks, playing in this common narrative is like Nina Turner constantly talking about our hard-earned tax dollars going to fund things. It's a nonstop thing. So when you listen to the rest of what the GOP is doing, you begin to understand that we are screwed. Listen. So McCarthy argues that the tax breaks distort the market and waste taxpayer money. The White House says the tax credits are leading to hundreds of billions of dollars in private sector investments, creating thousands of manufacturing jobs in the U.S. Republicans dropped their efforts to strip out some of the biofuel tax breaks, however, after the proposed changes threatened to tank the bill. The restoration of those credits was a top priority of Republicans from Iowa and other Midwestern states, where the production of alternative fuels such as ethanol play a major role in the rural economy. Citing estimates from the Joint Committee on Taxation, the CBO projected that repealing the clean energy tax breaks would save about $570 billion over 10 years, though that amount will shrink with the decision to keep some of those biofuel breaks. Work requirements. This is where it gets really ugly. One of the key elements of the GOP bill is expanded work requirements for recipients of federal cash and food assistance. Under the current law, able-bodied adults are 50 and under 50 and without dependents risk losing their food stamps or SNAP benefits if they don't spend 20 hours a week in work-related activities. The bill would apply to requirements would apply the requirement to those ages 50 to 55. In addition, the bill would also will would apply work requirements to able-bodied adults without dependence on Medicaid, the st- federal state program that provides health insurance coverage for low-income Americans, job training and performing community service count toward fulfilling the work requirement. McCarthy said changes would help those affected learn new job skills and earn a paycheck while helping to fulfill some of the millions of job openings throughout the country. This is hilarious. The White House said millions of people, many already working, would lose their health insurance coverage. A Congressional Budget Office review last year of work requirements for Medicaid recipients said Arkansas was the only state where a work requirement was imposed for more than a few months. It found many of the targeted adults lost their health insurance and employment didn't appear to increase. It said that while evidence was scant, research indicated that many were unaware of the work requirement or found it too onerous to demonstrate compliance. The CBO estimates about 15 million people could be subject to the new Medicaid work requirements each year, although many would qualify for an exemption. About 1.5 million on average would lose federal funding for their Medicaid coverage. And of that group, about 600,000 would become uninsured. Think about that. We already have shitty healthcare. Imagine people losing it even more when they're in the worst times of their life. They've been laid off. They're fucking hurting. Cruel. This is nothing but cruelty. Fossil fuel boost. The debt limit package includes legislation the House passed earlier this year that aims to increase domestic production of oil, natural gas, and coal to ease permitting restrictions that delay pipelines, refineries, and other projects. 
known as H.R. 1 to signify its importance to House Republicans. The energy bill also seeks to boost production of critical minerals such as lithium, nickel, and cobalt that are used in electric vehicles, computers, cell phones, and other products. Biden has described the House GOP's legislation as a thinly veiled license to pollute and increase the debt limit. The Republicans would suspend the debt limit through March 31st or by 1.5 trillion, whichever comes first. That would tee up another debt ceiling fight for early next year, this months before the November election when control of the White House and Congress will be decided. So let's go ahead and stop sharing that for now. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of your comments now that you're seeing this. Uh, Katie, 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 Katie. All right. Anything explode the debt? Yep, yep, yep. yep. All right. Anyway, so every single time they go to push the debt limit forward, every single time, they are not taking the opportunity to explain what it even is, explain what the debt is, how bonds are sold, what makes up the national debt, what makes up all the other things that go into the debt limit. We've done extensive work on that. Check out my interviews with Ron Gray, both on Macro and Cheese and the Rogue Scholar, and quite frankly, over at Status Quo even. Um, we've had so many things about minting the coin just to get rid of the silly nonsense so we don't have to deal with it anymore. But alas, you're not seeing the Democrats fight for these things, okay? In fact, because they keep playing on the taxpayer dollar trope, nothing looks i want you to understand nothing is going to change at all in the end as long as they keep playing by the rules of the right wing as long as they keep using sig heil right wing economics this idea that balance you know budgets must be balanced and that we have to pay for our spending and that you know it's immoral and they're using taxpayer dollars and all these things they're lies you never ever ever never ever ever hear anything about this stuff when it comes to talking about war, ever, by the way. Not ever, not sometimes, not never, okay? You never hear about it when it comes to funding the police. You never hear about it when it comes to anything else. But the minute you talk about regular people who are struggling getting food stamps or regular people struggling who maybe would get some you know, form of help with their medical insurance, it's the first thing on the chopping block. And it's because Democrats and Republicans both are playing this feckless game, this game where the Republicans come off looking like the good guys because they're out there trying to cut taxes for everybody while simultaneously cutting all this frivolity of these tax and spend liberals. And tax and spend liberals keep maintaining their stance that they're tax and spend liberals. They have not explained. Way back when, it was about two minutes, not even, that's way, way, way generous. It was about 30 seconds where AOC came out, did a, you know, a photo op with Bill Mitchell's book. Who knows whether it was just shoved in her hands or what. She was not an MMT person and she has not sounded like an MMT person for a very long time. I don't know what happened. I haven't talked to her, so I couldn't have screwed it up this time. Huh? Anyway, bottom line is, is that AOC's not out there doing it. None of these people are doing it. And so we as individuals, we as citizens, we as people that are going to deal with the fallout of this theatrical performance of Congress, okay, we 
have to be the big kids. We have to be the adults. We have to be talking with each other and ready to take direct action because you're not going to get it from the Democrats. You certainly aren't going to get it from the Republicans. And sadly, you're not going to get it from the Greens and the rest of them because they're too focused on geopolitical stuff. They can't even understand. They can't take five minutes to understand the domestic economy, the one that's going to kill the poor in this country as it stands. Okay. As a result of ignoring this and focusing solely on geopolitical stuff, while simultaneously hyping lies about the petrodollar and hyping lies about the world reserve currency, like these have meaning, okay? Because this is the sole focus. The poor in this country who had no say-so in us going to war, no say-so in us funding Ukraine, no say-so in funding Israel, the poor are gonna carry that weight because they can't get these other coolios to focus on domestic policy as well. They can't get them to organize against this kind of domestic hostage taking. Okay, so let's just get it straight. The bottom line is, is that we wanted a Green New Deal. You didn't get a Green New Deal. People were busy telling us they were gonna pull Joe Biden to the left. They didn't pull Joe Biden to the left. In fact, most of them are at brunch having mimosas. Biden didn't even stop the repeal of Roe v. Wade. He didn't stack the court. He didn't do shit. Okay? I'm telling you right now, the debt collective provided Joe Biden literally a written copy of a pre-formatted, ready-to-go executive order that he could do to wipe out student debt that would have been done legally and it would have already been done. He didn't do that. And you know what? Here's the problem. Regular old sycophantic vote blue jackass won't know this. So they won't push on Biden to do this. So they'll get mad at you as an activist for being smarter than them and saying, what the fuck? Okay. They are firmly convinced they're correct. They are firmly convinced that, hey, anything but Trump. Well, hey, Trump's a motherfucking asshole for sure. But since when did Biden rise up to sainthood? This guy has tried to cut Social Security. He's tried to cut everything in his career. This is not a guy who you can count on for even remotely demonstrating economic literacy. And his chief top economist, Jason Berman, a big old jackass. So is Jared Bernstein, the rest of these guys. So he's not getting good quality advice. If you believe he even needs advice, folks, if you believe Joe Biden is thinking through these big problems and making decisions and stuff, you're crazy. Congress is out there. Did Pramila Jayapal suddenly stop saying that Biden's an A-plus president or something? No, she's out there doing the same stupid shit. Like, we have not seen anyone in Congress take any of the stuff we've been talking about for a decade now. Not a single one of them. Not one of them. Let me tell you something. My take on this. My God, Danny, Danny, are you just like trying to blow up our inbox with these $10 super chats? Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. But if you look, if you look, we have watched this play out now. And not a single one of these Democrats is advancing and understanding that, for example, 
increasing interest rate didn't reduce spending. Increasing interest rates literally created new money through an interest income channel <coughs> and then literally boosted up the economy through that, which is pure trickle down. Okay. Who, who was talking about it? No one. Only the MMT community knew this stuff. Why is it that these people who are running the country, at least on the play of the theatrical performance called our government, why is it that they don't know this stuff? They're the ones who are responsible for dealing with it. They don't know it? You mean to tell me some jackass with a grateful debt, red uh, sweatshirt on, and a China cat hat sitting there telling them more about economics than they know? What the fuck? They have to know this stuff, and they have to be playing a bit role in some theatrical performance because there is no way they could be this incompetent. There's simply no way they could be this incompetent. There's zero potential for them to be this uh, uh, illiterate. Yet they are. And worse, I want you to go back to 2016 or 2015 and then even 2019, 20, when Bernie Sanders ran both times. I want you to think about all of the people that volunteered for that campaign. And I want you to think about when you were talking to them about how Bernie was gonna pay for his programs. And how each one of them would refuse to understand MMT. They refused to learn. And what did they do? They went around saying, oh, Bernie's going to pay for it with a Wall Street speculation tax. It's right there on his website. Just check it out. Check it out. Not an ounce of sparks firing between the ears. But you love them because they were doing God's work by door knocking for Bernie Sanders. Phone banking for Bernie. Okay, but Bernie, oh, never, never put forward the MMT understanding. And MMT is not something to implement. MMT is something to understand. MMT is the playbook by which the economy works already. The problem is they, these guys are like playing, uh, they're, they're, they're actually playing a game of chess, but they're playing checkers with the chess pieces because they don't fucking play the right game. Even though they have control and they're supposed to be doing it, they refuse to do it. So none of them apply the lens. They all apply the fake lies that it's taxpayer money. It's always focused on taxpayer money. And what I'm going to do, and I, I wasn't sure if I was going to do this, but I am going to do this because I think this is super important. Um, I may have read this many times before, and you'll forgive me for sharing it many times more in the future, but I am going to literally show you an article that I think um, really kind of tells the story here. Um, this is super important because many assholes will sit there and defend the likes of Nina Turner for paying taxpayer dollars, things like that. But when I show you this, you're going to realize that there's simply no way that that should ever be spoken of again for any reason whatsoever. Here we go. I'm going to go ahead and share this. I'll try to share this and here we go so we'll get past the ads we're gonna look at this and it's gonna say dangerous myth of taxpayer money and it says there is no such thing as public money only taxpayer money who's that margaret thatcher queen of neoliberalism 
Okay. This is a Reagan thing too. There is no such thing as public money, only taxpayer money. These are lies. These are lies that bad people tell each other. Okay. Bad people. I didn't say good people. I said bad people. Okay. When Vice President Mike Pence flew home to India, and this is old, look at the date on this so you know, okay? This is October 19th, 2017. I'm going to put this into your, into the chat. So you folks out there who have an interest whatsoever in really learning this stuff and sharing this stuff, have this stuff at your fingertips, okay? But going back in here. You understand the reason why I said that this is going back to when Pence and Trump were in office, but I'm going to just read this as if it's evergreen. You don't need it to be current events because it's standard because it fits right here, right now. No different. And that's the problem. Democrats think they're different. They're not fucking different. This is neoliberal shit right here. And that's what they spew. They spew nonstop taxpayer money. And you see Nina Turner do it constantly. She's akin to Margaret Thatcher. That's the best I can say. If you disagree with me, look, take her out of her words. All you ever see Nina Turk talk about is taxpayer money ever. And it really makes me sad because I want to love Nina. My impulse is to love Nina, but I can't because she continues to do this. Even when uh, activists have begged her not to, she still does it. So when Vice President Mike Pence flew home to Indiana earlier this month, it was to pull off a publicity stunt, censuring protests against racist policing rather than dragging him for this. However, take, take, take after take, zoomed in on a different offense altogether. Pence was wasting taxpayer money. Okay. Pence was wasting taxpayer money. The writers in question may have told themselves they were hurting Pence by exposing his hypocrisy. But by using the taxpayer money frame, they were spreading, however unwittingly, a racist. You know, you hear it? You're spreading a racist, sexist, classist myth. Although most of us pay taxes of some kind, Every time we say taxpayer money, we prolong the illusion that society depends on certain kinds of people so we can have nice things. In other words, we need the rich, right? Idiots. One quick exercise shows why. Picture a taxpayer. What does one look like? A homeless black trans teen? An immigrant day laborer waiting on the corner? A young mom trying to cobble together enough income to feed her family while languishing on the disability backlog? Unlikely. Let's be honest. We know what sort of people taxpayers are supposed to be, and they're not the ones we should be casting as the aggrieved parties. Calling public money taxpayer money implicitly affirms that taxation is theft. Get that. You understand. By calling it taxpayer money, you're implicitly affirming that, tax payer, that taxes are theft. This is giving into libertarian bullshit and it's wrong. That's why it's trash, trash when people say taxpayer dollars. If the money is taxpayers by right, what business does the government have using it for healthcare, jobs, or clean water? If we're looking out for taxpayers and not the public as a whole, we are favoring wealthy groups over poorer ones. 
white people over black people, men over women, U.S.-born people over immigrants, and so forth. We're hiding how the economic order relies not merely on the sacrifice of the taxpayers, but the contributions of debtors, tenants, workers, and countless other actors. We're perpetuating the politics behind the 1970s California taxpayer revolt, the 1980s demonization of welfare queens, and the Make America Great Again movement, faux populism, that suggests the great majority rely on the wealthy rather than vice versa. Folks, let's stop right there for a second. Does this make sense? Do you get this? Elaine Vario, I've been doing this now for 10 years. I think you and others have probably heard it and you have not caught on 10 years later. That's the problem. You can say, oh, the screaming and name calling and label whatever. The fact of the fucking matter, let's just be frank, is why haven't you carried the water so we don't have to yell and scream 10 years later, 20 years later? Why are you still allowing people to die because you refuse to get on board? If you're not angry, that tells me more about you than it does about me. If you're not angry, it tells me you don't understand, haven't taken time to understand, and therefore have purposely, in my opinion, avoided the subject, which has harmed people. Now, if you're not angry about that, that's something you have to work out in your private time, in your prayer closet, or wherever you go, talking to friends. I can't tell you what to do with that, but I can tell you right now that the people that have chosen to purposely ignore this stuff have killed people. You don't even realize it because the poor at the bottom that get screwed when these things happen are really the ones that carry the weight of the laziness to not learn the economic, the laziness not to confront the subject, the laziness and the tone police, evil, okay? The evil that allows the poor to suffer all in the name of tone. Fuck that. Fuck that. I'm standing up for people that are dying, people that are going to suffer mightily, not people whose ears are going to get tinged because they've been too fucking lazy to listen and have chosen to listen to voices that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. That's the deal, period. Period. With a T at the end. Here we go. White people over black people, men over women, U.S.-born people over immigrants and so forth. We're hiding how the economic order relies not merely on the sacrifices of taxpayers, but the contributions of debtors, tenants, workers, and countless other actors were perpetuating the politics behind the 1970s California taxpayer revolt, the 1980s demonization of welfare queens, and the Make America Great Again movement faux populism that suggests the great majority rely on the wealthy, the makers and takers, right? Not only is the taxpayer money frame damaging, folks, not only is it damaging, so remember this, if you are the one saying taxpayer money, you are damaging society. Not only is it damaging, but it doesn't actually reflect a public spending work. Remember this, if you've been saying taxpayer dollars, not only is it damaging, damaging. Folks, if you use the word taxpayer money, it is damaging because we can't get out of it. We can't do a Green New Deal. We can't do the things that we have to do. We just can't do the things that we have to do if that's the case, okay? That's it. So let's get on back to this. So it says, not only is it damaging, but it doesn't reflect how public spending actually works. A household or a business may have to stash away cash or borrow money before it can spend any, but we are users of the currency. 
oh, what is this? U.S. government, which is the issuer of the currency, works differently. Congress votes to spend new money on something, then the Treasury and the Federal Reserve credit the relevant bank account, and that's it. The government has spent new money into existence. Let's say that five times. U.S. government, which is the issuer of the currency, works differently. In fact, no, let's go up here. Let's start with this. I want to make sure that we say it the whole way through. A household or a business may have to stash or borrow money before it can spend any. But we are users of the currency. The U.S. government, which is the issuer of the currency, works differently. Congress votes to spend new money on something. Then the Treasury and the Federal Reserve credit, just in other words, keystroke, credit, the relevant bank accounts. And that's it. That's how money came to be. That's literally it. Didn't come from a tax dollar. Didn't come from anything. You had nothing to do with it. Later, Congress may tax old money back out of existence. Listen to this. Later, Congress may tax old money back out of existence, but it isn't collecting money in order to spend it. Do you get this? Do you get that? It's not collecting it for revenue because they don't spend because it deletes it. Listen, look, look, look at this. Look at this again. Like it's your first time looking at it. Later, Congress may tax old money back out of existence. What does it mean to tax old money? back out of existence, to tax it out of existence, to delete it, to destroy it, to get rid of it, to end it, to get to put it in the trash can, to shred it. Later, Congress may tax old money back out of existence. So taxes don't fund spending, do they? But they do delete money. They remove it from existence. But it isn't collecting money in order to spend it. It's offsetting earlier spending. It may also offset spending by bumping student loan rate, policing for profit, or various other activities. Think about that. Raising student loan rates or policing for profit as an offset or various other activities. Although Congress taxes everyday people too heavily, calling public money taxpayer money makes as much sense as calling it student debtor money or suspicious driver money. Look at a dollar bill. And you will see all the signatures of its creators, not taxpayers, but the public officials who let taxpayers hold it in the first place. Mo oh boy, money doesn't grow on rich people. We should heavily tax the billionaire class so we stop living in an oligarchy. But we don't need private capital for private public spending. The federal government, look at this. The federal government doesn't confiscate the federal government doesn't confiscate dollars and redistribute them. It uses its legal power to create and destroy them. Create when it spends, destroy when it taxes. Folks, does that make sense? Spending money into existing creates it, taxing it destroys it. It doesn't recirculate. Your tax dollar doesn't go to Israel, doesn't go to Ukraine, doesn't go for abortion pills, doesn't go for homeless people, doesn't go for, uh, uh, you know, drugs, drug prevention, doesn't go for anything. It's deleted. Why? Because it needs you to need the money. That's it. It needs you to need the money. 
okay? It needs you to need money. That's why they issue a tax. So you have to do something to get money. It needs us to get the government and provision itself, meaning it can do the things it wants to do. Otherwise, you wouldn't accept its currency. So the tax is there to drive acceptance of the currency. Okay? All right. Let's get back to it. Margaret Thatcher's mantra was backwards. There is no such thing as taxpayer money, only public money. Modern money is a creature of the public, and we should use it for public power. We are all the public, and we each deserve a clear, equal say in how our economy and society work. No matter how much we each pay in taxes, it's time to claim our democratic rights. You get this? You understand? We're not a nation in debt, drowning in debt. We don't have any need to reduce the deficit. We create the money. There is no such thing as taxpayer money, only public money. Only. See, this is why right down here, we are all the public and we each deserve a clear equal say. Now imagine if we had a dictatorship of the proletariat and we the people had control over the power of the purse of our government. Very important right there. There is no, there's more than enough housing for the homeless, food for the hungry and medicine for the sick. There is, there is enough low carbon emission technology to transform our energy system, to quit exacerbating the climate crisis and hire unemployed people all in one fell swoop. And there is more than enough public money to manage it all. Because we create it when we demand it. When we write a bill to address any one of these problems, it creates money. Anytime they, you don't care. Any single time Congress writes a bill that includes spending, it's new money. It was never a taxpayer dollar. And by signing a bill into law with, with money on it, Article 1, Section 8 gives Congress, the House of Representatives, the power of the purse. They alone have the power to say, yes, we're going to spend this money. And then when it goes through, the, the joint houses and the president sign it into law. But that money is authorized, Article 1, Section 8, by the House of Representatives. This is why it's so important to understand with the GOP in charge and their poor understanding of economics and everyone else's poor understanding of economics, why this works and why we suffer. It's unacceptable and it's time to stop. Anyway, uh, exposing hypocrisy may feel good, but it does little actual good. This is why all the Don tiny hands and all the other shit, and you know, people that kept saying that nonsense, you know, people that distracted from a green new deal and talked about Don the con and all the other shit, you know, people that did that, you know, people that sidelined our salvation and our future security with that climate crisis. Now, you know, the people that diverted our attention away from that and put it on Donald Trump. And now we have nothing to show for it. You know, those people, the people who primarily identify as taxpayers are Trump and Pence's base, constantly repeating that their taxpayer money is being wasted only pressures them to violently defend their property as the system encourages us all to do under stress, yelling, who's the paid protester now? At America's most basic bigot feels therapeutic, but it's not powerful. For over 40 years, Democrats have chided the GOP for fiscal hypocrisy. What do they have to show for it? Nothing. 
For over 40 years, Republicans have controlled the conventional wisdom around budgets, successfully using the taxpayer money myth to force Democrats to starve the beast, i.e. cut social spending to actually starve children, veterans, and many others. Folks, do you get this? Look, seriously, this is the point of this discussion. This is what the Democrats have done. The GOP is always going to do it, so there's no point in pointing at them. You need a counterbalance. You need somebody to fucking fight on this. But they won't do it because they're too much mouthy bullshit. Too weak, too feckless, too useless, too economically illiterate, too spineless, too whatever you want to use, whatever framing you want to use. They're literally killing us. There's no one fighting back against the GOP because they're going along with the GOP in the end. They're using the same framing over and over again. Repeatedly. So exposing hypocrisy may feel good, but it does little actual good. The people who primarily identify as taxpayers are Trump and Pence's base, constantly repeating that their taxpayer money is being wasted, only pressures them to violently defend their property, as the system encourages us all to do under stress, yelling, who's the paid protester now at America's most basic bigot feels therapeutic? Who's the paid protester now? But it's not powerful. For over 40 years, Democrats have tried to the GOP for fiscal hypocrisy. And what do they have to show for it? These nuts. These nuts. That's what they have to show for it. These nuts. For over 40 years, Republicans have controlled the conventional wisdom around budgets, successfully using the framing taxpayer money myth to force Democrats to starve the beast, i.e. cut social spending and actually starve children veterans, and many others. What does he say right here? Let's read it again. Let's read that again until we get it through our head. For over 40 years, Republicans have controlled the conventional wisdom around budget, successfully using the taxpayer money myth to force Democrats to starve the beast, i.e. cut social spending to actually starve children, veterans, and many others. Calling bluffs didn't get Merrick Garland confirmed. God knows Merrick Garland's a fucking waste, isn't he? It didn't get the GOP to buy into the Heritage Foundation healthcare plan, the Romney plan, and it won't wean support for Mike Pence's racist political theater. Everybody knows Republicans are hypocrites and liars. Big deal. Just like everyone knows Donald Trump's a con man, a pig, a megalomaniac, whatever. Yet Republicans now control 68 state legislatures, 34 governorships, in nearly every facet of the federal government. And this, my friends, is going back to 2017. Wait till this next election if you want to see real bloodbath. When the, we reinforce, here we go. This is to Nina, to Katie, all the Democrats out there that think they're smarter than everyone, that keep saying the same worthless Republican reinforcing shit. When we re reinforce the right wing's racist, sexist, classist frames, in an attempt to expose hypocrisy, what? We lose. We lose. Everybody was doing the Donnie Tiny Hands and Dom the Con crap. We lose. Is now that motherfucker? What is he? He's a hero. He's going to walk in, blow up Biden, who can't tie two sentences together. And we're going to have Trump part two. And he's not going to have any kind of restriction because he's already been impeached twice. What did that do for us other than derail a Green New Deal, other than take away any chance of Medicare for all, other than getting rid of student debt? What did it do? 
horrific vote blue sycophants got excited about hearing about Donnie Tiny Hands, the orange genie, you know, whatever. The worthlessness of the Trump derangement syndrome kept us all from having nice things. And he wouldn't even had a prayer had these people not done this consistently, divorced of any reality. They're just focused on Trump, 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 and they make us all lose. When reinforce, we reinforce the right wing's racist, sexist, classic, classist frames in an attempt to expose hypocrisy, we lose. If instead we root our politics in what is good and bad and just and unjust, moral and immoral, we can win. All right. I'm really angry, clearly. Okay. And I'm really angry at people who tone police. I don't want to hear it. I have no, I have no use for a tone policeman. The tone policer is clearly not informed enough to be angry. It's not me that has to change it. You, you have to get angry because the reality is it requires anger. It requires outrage. If you're a Bernie person, Bernie said, never lose your sense of outrage, but I see a lot of tone policing. That's not outrage. That's tone policing. That's Karen stuff. Can I have the manager, Karen? Karen would like the manager, right? We don't need any of that. We need people that are ready to fight. Not tone, please. Not tone, please. Anyway. I'm going to go ahead and leave you guys to this to think about. When you understand the stuff that I've said, and I've provided sources, I left the links in the chat, when you understand what I'm telling you is true, I don't care who I step on toes with, with this stuff, it's truth. And truth is what is so fucking important because we can't fix a system that we don't understand. And if we don't take the time to try to understand the system, us belly aching and yelling about the end of the petrodollar isn't doing us anything, isn't doing us any good whatsoever. Please check out Brian Romanchuk's piece, by the way. Brian, unfortunately, takes a bad geopolitical stance in his most recent substack, but he talks at great length about the nonsense, about the demise of the dollar. Folks, I swear to God, I can't keep up with all the bad takes out there. There's too many of them. It's like an overwhelming deluge, and they have these huge block letters that say, failure, the U.S. is failing. Again, I'm all about ending empire. I want empire gone. I, I want U.S. hegemony gone. But I want truth more than I want feels. And when you put a bum headline out there that's full of shit, and then people repeat it, you're spewing bullshit. You're spewing fake news. It's propaganda. And that's a problem. So with that... Probably not going to win a lot of favors from people who are going to consistently break that bullshit of taxpayer money out the door. But regardless, I hope that you guys will like and subscribe to the channel from monthly donors if you can at uh, Patreon forward slash Real Progressives. Check out podcast Macro and Tease. It goes on tomorrow. Um, at, well, it's released. Each episode is released Saturday mornings, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all your favorite podcast platforms. Um, With that, I'm Steve Grumbine, the Rogue Scholar, and uh, 
yeah, I'm out of here. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org.